Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. Hello, P13 listeners. We hope you all are doing well. This is Michael, one half of your P13 podcast. I'm just doing a quick drop in here to let you know that we appreciate all of you lovely listeners who tune in to listen to, to, listen to us talk about various things in the health and fitness world from week to week. I'm also here to give you a heads up as we had a small technical issue with this podcast, so you may need to play around with that volume dial here. Again, thank you all for listening. Continue the conversation on our Instagram page at Project13Gyms and let us know how these podcasts are helping you out using the hashtag P13Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome back to the P13Podcast. Another podcast for you all. It is Tuesday when this drops, like we said before. Every Tuesday, you get a new episode a new informational episode in the health and fitness realm. And it's not just the mental side or the phys- it's not just the mental side, it's the physical side as well. We talk about it and all we believe those two are intertwined, which leads us very nicely into our topic of today. But before we get there, we have to introduce the man sitting next to me, the informational Han Solo. We see how long we can keep that one going. He has an Isaac Hayes type voice. Soulful R&Bs. I have no idea who that is. Oh. Well, I can enlighten you on the in the car right now. Name back. a popular song. And one of his popular songs is Walk On By. Oh. So. Is he a new school, old school? This, guy, this is an old school guy. So really? R.I.P. Isaac Hayes, actually. Oh. Oh, on there. It's unfortunate. But he has a deep, soulful voice. Oh, all right. So. I'll have to give him a lesson. There you go. It's Mr. Thomas Conway on the other side there. Hello. How are you today? Doing good. Another podcast day. I'm liking these little check-ins. Yeah, they're yeah. nice. They're nice. Always good to check in, you know? Holger got his shots recently? He did. Did you hold his hand? No. Nice. I How did tethered his, his arms to the to the, was it a bed that they give him the shots? No, I don't know. It's like the little <laughs> exam table that you lay on, yeah. you know, that's always uncomfortable and it's got the paper, oh. you know? So they put him on that and she's like, just hold his arms. Like, <laughs> you okay. just gotta just sprawl yeah. him out. <clears throat> yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Big Daddy? Of course. Where the kid throws up in bed and then he had him sound the lazy newspapers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. That's what that reminds me of, those tables. I think of yeah. that scene every time. Yeah, like, and then because when he lays back down, he can't get comfortable. <laughs> He's just the moving paper around. is just rustling. Shh, shh, shh. For sure. I mean, yeah, anytime you go in there and they're like, go ahead and sit here, you're like, eh, I don't really want to. <laughs> That's the physical side of that part. How's he doing mentally? I mean, good as far as I can tell. He can't tell me anything <laughs> yet, so I think he's good. He smiles a lot. He laughs a lot. That's good. Well, that leads us into our nice topic of today which involves both the mental and the physical side of this. We'll start with being aware is a good trait to have and learn. This can apply to various aspects in life. It could be to notice your surroundings. You could be aware of that, especially if you're walking down a dark alley or if you're walking around downtown San Francisco at night. 
It's probably best to have a good awareness of your surroundings. Oh, being aware of your emotions, no matter how hard that can be. I'm working on that on my end. <laughs> we all are. We all are. And another thing is being aware, being aware of the way you move, which is the topic of today. Being aware of the way your body moves. Not just moving in space, but feeling other aspects. It's easy to get lost in your day and not notice how your body is feeling. Maybe you are feeling something, or maybe you're not feeling something in a workout. Maybe you're in the gym, you're about to do a squat, and you don't even know where the weight may be lying in terms of your feet as you are doing a back squat. Another idea is maybe you're not feeling your hands follow through on a jump shot. These are all ways that you can be aware of your body or not aware of your body. How does one gauge these feelings? What can I do to fix this? How can I be more present? Well, Mr. Thomas Conway. Yeah, so body awareness is, I think probably, it's one of the most undervalued traits that we can work on developing. Mm. I think that uh, I think that that needs to be or should be the foundation for which you build other attributes on, right? So if we think about strength, flexibility, cardiovascular, you know, capacity, all that stuff, you know, we have all these different fit fitness attributes that we that we often talk about. And I think body awareness is one that is not talked about a lot, but is, is like I said, I think it's the most important thing because if you're not aware of your body and you're pursuing some of those other things, you know, oftentimes I think it can lead to trouble for people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I think it's something too that uh, a lot of people lack to a certain degree. Some people are better about having an understanding of their body than others. But I think generally as a whole, humans are probably becoming less connected with their bodies now than we have been in the past. Mm. How do you, how did you come to that? I think that, well, some of it is based on what I see. And so that's what makes it a little bit hard because as far as I know, this is the only life I've lived. <laughs> So you mean you don't get like weird flashbacks in the middle of the night? Occasionally, I have some crazy dreams. Actually, <laughs> mostly they're about zombies. So maybe that's a dream about the future, my next life after this. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I have nothing to compare it to historically, but I would just guess that when there was less technology, there was less distraction. There were, I think a big player in us being not connected with our, our bodies is the environment and the advancement of technology. So when I say the environment, I mean, you know, that can include our workplace, our homes, you know, just being out in the world. There's so many things that we, that we go past on a daily basis or go through, so many different environments we go through that are just filled with distraction. And then add to that, you know, maybe that was there previously, but now, hey, we got this thing that we carry with us all the time that is a constant distraction, right? And that is our cell phones. It's a good, good call on that, which we see a lot. Yeah, we see that a lot. I think we could all agree that we're 
we've all been guilty of being distracted by our little pocket technology. You know, we've all been there where you're maybe trying to work on a project or something like that and and you you hit a stall and you like pull out your phone for just a second and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna open Instagram real quick. And then <laughs> 45 minutes later, you're like, what just happened? Or you're on the toilet. Or you're on the toilet <laughs> if, you're, if you're into that. But yeah, I think that distraction is one of the primary causes for that disconnect between us and our bodies. So because our mind is being pulled in, into such highly stimulating things, it's creating a greater distance between us and our physical selves. And this is something we see often in the gym, not necessarily related to technology, but when we have people that come into the gym that maybe haven't trained before, mm -hmm. oftentimes they, and it's, this is no fault to them, but oftentimes they don't really know what they're experiencing, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, and that's part of the, that's, I would say that's part of the fitness process, right? Again, no fault to them. You know, oftentimes they'll, they'll some, some people will be a little embarrassed if we ask them, oh, how did that feel? And they're like, I, I don't know, like, should it, how should it feel? Mm -hmm. You know, is often the response that we get. And we're like, you know, just go ahead and try another set and like pay attention to where yeah. you feel that movement. One thing to add to that is what I notice when, whenever that question is asked sometimes, it's also the distinguished distinguishing between like a burning sensation and pain yeah that some people will get yeah and that's I've, I've gotten i've gotten that a lot and it i think it's if, especially for those who haven't trained a lot that kind of throbbing motion or like maybe you're getting a small muscle cramp and mm -hmm. people may be considering like that is a strain i'm having immediately mm -hmm. versus it just being maybe a small cramp at the moment that makes me think like taking this example even further, when we talk specifically about pain, mm -hmm. there are times where someone will say, oh, I'm having pain with this, and I'll ask them what kind of pain. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they'll be like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, and then I, I go through, you know, if you're pretty well-versed in, in training and, and anatomy and physiology, you know that there's different, different types of pain correlate to a different potential cause yeah and so I'll be like is it pinchy dull achy burning hot or tingly yeah right and go through those and then they'll be like they'll be able to pinpoint one right away yeah right so a lot of people don't even know those kind of basic definitions right and I think that's part of it too and and again not, not they, they, they shouldn't right yeah. like they never took if, if it's someone that just like got a degree in finance, why would they ever take like any sort of advanced anatomy or physiology? So, um, but, and that's our role to really educate them on that. So we often have a lot of conversations with people about that. So, that, so that's one like element of body awareness, like what you're feeling and what you're experiencing. There's another element to the, to the physical movement piece outside of what they're feeling. And that is when we demonstrate a movement, so say it's some form of a hinge, mm. and then people mm -hmm. go to do it, and it's way off. Yeah. Right? And that is another case in which they don't really know that they're not doing it the way that I did it. 
You know Maybe their I mean? back is rounding out exactly. at, the lum- at the lumbar. Yeah, exactly. Or they're not getting the nice pushback in the hips or yeah. anything like that. And even then, in, the, in, in some of those cases, you know, we'll go to that person and say, try, you know, keeping your back flat, for mm-hmm. example. Maybe that's one of the first cues that we provide. And then they'll overextend, right? They'll yep. take it to the other extreme. Or even sometimes they try to keep it flat and they just can't because of maybe an anatomical restriction or just like some extreme, extreme like neurological tightness or extreme tightness in the hamstrings and they just physically cannot do it, right? But those physical and uh, potential, I think, physiological restrictions probably started from them not being aware in the first place, Mm. right? And Mm -hmm. so, you know, in that case, like, Maybe when they were sitting, they're always sitting with their, well, they're sitting not on their sits bones, right? And instead, they're sitting in a way that's uh, just, over. yeah, like their lower back is rounding because they're just like slouching in their low back, mm-hmm. right? And then over time, that can create the restriction that can then over time decrease the sensitivity of the hips. And then, then you get into that point where you're like, someone's telling them to do a hinge and they're doing their best to hinge, but it's just hinging at the wrong place. And it's like, they, do you think some of them feel like they're missing that lack of proprioception to even feel their spine curve in the opposite way because of it? And well, yeah. And a lot of them will say to me that, uh, they're like, I just, I can't tell when it's rounding, Mm. you know? Right. So, um, that again is a body awareness issue. They just, don't have the awareness of that specific area moving through space. Puts you in some vulnerable position, especially if you start adding maximal loads on there. Potentially. Yeah, not well, and, and just but, activity in general. Yeah. You know, if you do that repetitively enough, it could lead to some issues. I'm not saying that it will with certainty, but it certainly could. And I mean, I know people that come to the gym. I mean, there's a few people I can think of in my mind that have told me before, um, and, and like these people I'm thinking of have this exact issue where they're, they try to hinge and they can't help but round in the back some. Mm-hmm. One person in particular that I'm thinking of told me once that they threw their back out, I think when they were sneezing or coughing or something. I've heard about that multiple, yeah. in multiple areas too. And you know, it's because, I mean, well, we don't know exactly why it is, but one theory is that like, you know, that area is just so tight that something like a sneeze, which causes an involuntary contraction of the deeper core musculature, causes their their back to go out because it's being overused too. So let's um, take that a little deeper. What about the nervous system in that sense? Yeah, so uh, the nervous system is another element of body awareness. So I basically kind of think of this in two different ways. There's the physical body awareness, how you're moving. Then there's the nervous system side of body awareness, which has to do mostly with, I mean, I, I guess it kind of relates to how you're treating your nervous system. Mm. And are you giving it the stimulus that it needs or are you giving it too much stimulus? So, you know, when we think about the nervous system, there's two sides. There's your sympathetic side and your parasympathetic side. And actually there's more, it, it goes deeper than that. There's your autonomic nervous system as well, an enteric nervous system as well. 
but the ones that are, are most often talked about, sympathetic and parasympathetic. Sympathetic means that you are alert. It's like your gas Taking pedal. action, yeah. You know, so that's, uh, people always like to say, when you're getting chased by the saber-toothed tiger, <laughs> you know, that's what that is. Or you're getting chased by someone down the street yeah, in San Francisco. exactly. A drug addict is running after you and you're just booking it. <laughs> then there's the parasympathetic side, which is your rest and digest system. So that's when we're wanting to be calm, relaxed. It's like your brake pedal. Yeah, exactly. Good analogies right there, gas and brake pedal. And so we, I think in this day and age, are overly sympathetic, right? Many of the distractions mm -hmm. that I mentioned earlier will bring the body into that sympathetic state. So Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the stuff that's on there, I mean, is most likely going to bring you into somewhat of a sympathetic state, yep. right? Whether it be just like extreme videos or, you know, there's the videos of people getting like, I don't know, like smoked, like <laughs> when they're trying to do like skateboard tricks or yeah. something, you know, like there's all... Or I don't want to say, you can finish off your thought. No, that's, I mean, that's all I was going to say, but... I was going to say, like, even if you see, like, maybe a friend of yours, like, just get a house, and it kind of builds your adrenal, your adrenals start firing yeah. because you're like, oh, man, they have a house already, where am I at? Like, yeah. maybe it's that, or it could be the right. opposite. Like, right. oh, I'm on the verge of getting a house, and now your body's firing, and it's yeah. waking up. Yeah, yeah. Um... But then also just like, you know, there's research about the likes on Instagram and how it impacts oh, yeah. dopamine receptors and all that stuff. And then just the fact, too, that the social media and Instagram, it's on your phone, which is a bright light, mm -hmm. you know, that you're looking at and gazing into. So a lot of those distractions bring us into that sympathetic state. Then on top of that, most likely our work brings us into a sympathetic state, right? Like we've all been there, whether it's good or bad, mm -hmm. stress, maybe you're a sales in, in tech sales and like you have a day that you're like crushing it. Yeah, Things are going really well, but you know, you're on calls left and right and just making deals left and right. But that is also, you, you're probably feeling a lot of adrenaline because you're, you're like, in I'm fucking crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're also sympathetic there, or it could be kind of negative sympathetic where, you know, struggle with uh coworkers or your boss or something like that um but either way more more sympathetic activity is taking place then we go from work into a tough training session which is also sympathetic or a high intensity interval session that that makes us sympathetic then you add any stimulants on top of that caffeine pre-workout nitro surge Right? Like, that, like shout out to Kudri yeah. on that one. Dry scooping. You know, you add that into it, that makes you even more sympathetic. Right? So I, I, you know, I assume that you're all picking up on the theme here that a lot of times we can be in a repetitive sympathetic cycle. Just like placing a con cinder block on the gas pedal and you're just yeah driving towards a wall. Yeah, exactly. Your analogies are just on I'd... point today. This is great. Um, <laughs> Exactly. So there's just no, there, there can be times where there's no break, right? And I didn't even talk about like 
you know, if you have a kid, right? That's so enough. That's, you have to be up for that kid. What if that kid yeah. has to go to school? The kid has to go to after school activities. Yep. You're just on the go all the time. So, so that can be problematic. And I tried to think of a couple analogies. Maybe you have some better ones because you're just on point today, <laughs> but it's basically like, um, you know, it can kind of be like diabetes, right? Where what diabetes is, is insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. It's your body getting resistant to insulin. And so it just like doesn't respond to it. Another analogy I thought of is like the boy who cried wolf, right? Makes sense. Constantly like saying, oh, the wolf is coming. And then gets to the point where the people are like, wolf's not coming. Like, <laughs> I'm never going to listen to you lying. anymore. Or even tolerance to a... Uh, to, to alcohol or a drug or something like that, right? Ah. You build a tolerance over time and the effects of that drug become less impactful because you're getting used to the mechanism that it, that it takes to, you know, give you the feeling that it does. So that same thing can happen with the nervous system, right? Where if you're constantly in sympathetic state, you, you can get to a point where you can't actually get into a true sympathetic state. And what I mean by that is think of this as a, a line running through time, mm -hmm. right? And there's a baseline, Yep. right? Think of it as neutral. Then sympathetic should take you up, right? And if you get into a situation where you need to tap into that sympathetic nervous system, it should shoot up. And then, but then it should be short lived. Yes. So you should go back down to baseline or even dip below baseline into parasympathetic to recover. Got to ride that roller coaster. Yes, exactly. And it should be like that, but with too much sympathetic activity, basically it takes you from baseline, bumps you up to baseline or up above baseline and then continues on mm -hmm. right at that higher level. And so then you're just kind of stuck at that, that sympathetic, higher sympathetic state. So then when you actually need to get sympathetic, you can't, you can't actually tap into it. Yeah. And instead you're kind of, well, maybe you're working at submaximal levels versus yeah. Yeah. Fully, fully being on the ball. Right. Exactly. What I was going to say about that is like, it's also a detriment of kind of this is part of it I would say is like how the society is built and like kind of being proud of always being busy. I think we've talked about that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And that the busy trap, the busy trap. Yeah. And that just is not helpful. In no. Certain cases going back to, I want to not be busy. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great if I could not be busy. Like give me more of that. I don't, I don't care. I don't want a ton of meetings and crap like that. Oh my no. gosh. Meetings till 1 a.m.? No. <laughs> Not interested. Thank you. So then let's talk a little bit more about the... We've talked about the mental side. Let's talk a little bit more about the physical side, um, the movement side of this equation. What is it about being aware in the body that can help us on the movement side here? Why is it important? Why is it... Yeah, let's start with that. Let's start with that. Let's why start with that. Is, that's, yeah, a good, why? that's a good... good, good Good start. Though. Yeah. So why <laughs> is it important to be aware physically? Like I said, I think it should be the foundation for fitness. So being able to understand where your body and where parts of your body are in space, I think is very valuable mm -hmm. because then when you are performing, say a back squat, you have built a strong connection 
and understanding of where your hips are moving. Mm. Is your spine moving while you're doing that heavy back squat? Where's the weight in your foot? Where is the weight in your foot? Yeah. How is the weight being distributed? How does the weight feel on your upper back? Mm -hmm. Are your ankles maxing out dorsiflexion? How do your knees feel, yep. right? Someone that has done a lot of back squatting and has a high level of body awareness from either that practice or other practices mm -hmm. as well, they probably can go through that checklist in the amount of time it takes to do one rep. Yeah. And that's like maybe a whole nother conversation, but they have done it to the point where it, it becomes automatic yeah. in a sense, right? Um, their brain is just so well practiced at it that they can do that scan so quickly and they probably don't even realize that they're doing it. Yeah. So that's why I think it's crucial. And then, you know, if you apply that just to everyday life, right? Like that's, that's in the training setting, that's in the gym. In everyday life, I think it's, it's very important to have body awareness because again, using the example of having a kid, I mean, that kid will turn in an instant to go down a slide, <laughs> guessing this like is from head first. Personal experience? Yeah, he did this yesterday. And he just, he just like went for it. He went, he actually like, he like walked off the slide. Oh my gosh. That... So like, instead of like getting to the top of the slide and sitting his butt down and sliding down, he just kept walking. <laughs> and I was too far away to react. But there have been times where I've been standing right there and, um, you know, I have to react quickly. Right? Yeah. So that's another thing that body awareness will help you with is just, just moving throughout your day as well. And then again, talking about, like we talked about this uh, uh, maybe a couple episodes ago about sitting, being aware of how you are sitting is valuable as well because we all do it a lot. And so you're probably better off like understanding where your sits bones are in space, making sure that you're on them, you know, instead of sitting on your sacrum and your, and your lumbar spine. Right. So that's why I think it's an important skill to develop. Uh, and then it just opens up the door for you to do more. Right. If you, if you play a sport, right. If, or if you do a recreational activity, be having body awareness is, is going to really benefit you in multiple ways in that sport. It's probably going to make you better at it. Yeah. And then also it's probably going to reduce the likelihood of you getting injured. Just because you know where you're, where you're at. Would you say it could prepare you for the unprepared yeah. moments? Yeah, exactly. Because again, the more that that stuff becomes automatic, then, you know, when you're, again, playing, a bas playing basketball and, you know, you got to chase down a ball or maybe you get your ankles broken. Oh, yeah. That was uh, not literally broken but it's the you, you get crossed over <laughs> yeah crossed over you, you, you get cross crossed over, over and, and you like fall backwards but then you like catch yourself you know that body awareness is going to make it so that you catch yourself in probably a more safe position and you may be able to recover yeah and okay. you may be able to re to recover and then get back yeah get back on that actually happened that that one happened on a personal experience <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> we've, all been we've all been there but yeah and like taking this to an extreme the, the reason this pops into my mind is because last night I was watching the finals for the um, snowboard halfpipe. 
Oh, I missed that. Yeah, and those people, their body awareness is off the charts. Oh yeah. Like, like just like a different species. To spin 1080 degrees and, or 1440s yeah. now, they're popping yeah. off 1440s. And they just like know where they're gonna land. Yeah. Like, so that's the extreme, right? And I'm not saying that like, we, have to be we should all way. pursue this to become Olympians, but. <laughs> But I like mean, <laughs> that's just that's just an example of someone doing body awareness to yeah. an extremely high level. And guess what? Those guys probably those guys and girls probably don't like max out weights a lot. No. They just practice things that makes their body more aware. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So then how can someone who is of the on non-Olympians like ourselves, how can we take this information and apply it to ourselves? Yeah, so in terms of the movement side of the equation, I think the first thing is just try more. T it, what's that equation really quick from? T plus F equals R. Time plus frequency equals results. I'll Does that the, apply I'll here? take the Nobel Prize in time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, it's, it's kind of goes with what we preach all the time. Just move more, mm -hmm. just move more. But in this case, I guess what I'm referring to is when you come into the gym, come in with the intention of, I'm going to perform the movements that are prescribed and like try to be attentive to what I'm feeling mm -hmm. and what I'm experiencing. And that's something that is just, oftentimes and in today's fitness and exercise culture not going to name gyms but there's a lot of gyms that exist that and we've talked about this before that try to take you out of your body mm -hmm. right with stimulating lights yeah. and music overly loud music i'm not saying music is we play music, we play music that's true there's nothing wrong with like music but like the lights and the music and like the yelling and like the stuff like that and and you know they're trying to and the gamification gamification can be fine too but like sometimes it's just like too much to the point where they're trying to make you not feel like you're doing hard work would you say it's a lack of accountability for that person to find themselves in that space or find themselves in that within the mental state of a workout within their body can you frame that in a different way? Explain uh, it to me like I'm five. <laughs> and that came out with a little weird, but let's try this again. <laughs> um, maybe I'll keep that one in there. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, would you say that there's, they maybe miss out on having the person be accountable in feeling what they are, what, and feeling what they should be feeling during that time frame that they're in that workout in some of those gyms? Like, is that the coach's responsibility? Is that what you're... Potentially. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think to... Well, not necessarily the co coach, but the culture of the, the gym. The culture of the gym. Yeah. You know, and again, I guess the gyms that I'm thinking of, like, are bigger. And so they kind of have a plan set in place. Got it. Of how they want the experience to be. Whether you go to a location in San Francisco or a location in, 
you know, Miami or a location and they're all the same and they follow a, a design, a planned or planned design. And I don't know if the coach has that much control. Does that make sense? That makes sense. In that setting. Yeah. In our setting. Yeah. I think it is our responsibility to, again, ask the question, how does that feel? What are you experiencing when you do this? Right? So yeah, for sure. I do think the coach needs to, uh, bear the burden of that responsibility of trying to help the person understand what they're feeling Mm -hmm. and guide them there. But you know, your initial question I think was about the gyms that I'm referring to. I don't know if they have that much control to do that. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, So, so just be attentive when you go in, you know, understand that your body is constantly sending you signals, good or bad. mm -hmm. So try to listen to those. Then the second thing you can do, vary your training and movement. And I don't mean like trying to get like muscle confusion and stuff going on. P90X. P90X. Used Billy to be Blanks. a comedian, but now I'm a fitness trainer. Is that true? Tony Horton, yeah. Oh. He used to be a comedian. Do you think he made that on the, like just as sarcastic? As a I sarcastic have no idea. thing? I, no idea. I don't think so. Okay. I think he was, yeah. So vary your training. And so using myself as an example, I've played around with a lot of different methodologies. That is true, you see. You know, and... Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I, I like to learn. So I think that's partially why I do that, but I also like to push myself and that's another reason why I, I do that. So I will pursue new things because I just like to push myself and, and force myself to learn. But one thing that has come from that is that because I've tried so many new things, I be, have become really good at getting pretty decent at things that I just try. Hmm. The best way to put that is I've gotten good at learning. And so if I go into an environment where there's a door and it says question mark, I can walk into that door and whatever is on the other side of that door in in this uh, hypothetical, we'll say it's a movement (laughs) task, right? That question mark could be having to do a handstand or having to figure out how to do, how to get up or get down to the ground and get off the ground without using your hands, Ah. you know, or some, you know, something like that, some sort of physical challenge. I can pretty quickly figure it out. Again, that's only because I deviated away from hardcore strength and conditioning and more into the Ido Portal method. And then I explored some flexibility training and now I'm playing around with like Flowbility and Goda and stuff like that. David Weck. And some of the Weck stuff, yeah. So, you know, and again, all of that has just made me really good at adapting. Mm -hmm. So if that's the worst that comes from varying your training, like that's pretty positive, I would say. What if we did exercise roulette at the gym? That'd be pretty fun. We'd have to, we'd have to, I mean, it couldn't get too crazy. Like if someone gets like a muscle up, ring muscle up. Okay, maybe not that do. far. Okay, no, all right. No, but I was thinking like, oh, like a, you got to go down to the ground pinwheel. with a sandbag with, on a pinwheel. Ooh, yeah, that could be fun. Future Saturday session, yo. We might copyright Look that. Look out for that. Hold on to that for future endeavors. Yeah, but the third thing I would say is get coaching. 
to help you with your body awareness. Mm -hmm. We mentioned earlier in the episode that a lot of people don't understand when they're moving in a way that they don't think they are, yeah. right? The example of a hip hinge, and they're actually doing a lumbar hinge, right? So, Or almost like a Jefferson curl without them knowing that they're doing a Jefferson curl. Exactly, yeah. So a coach can help you just say, hey, you're not hinging at your hips as much as I would like you to, and then they can talk you through cues on mm -hmm. how to do that, right? So having eyes on you is always, always, always gonna be helpful. Then if you don't have a coach, I guess a mirror can be an option if you have a mirror. Not the mirror product, um, <laughs> but a mirror, an actual mirror. You know, there's no hologram inside. No. It's just a mirror, it's a reflective piece of glass. It's just taking me back to those commercial gym days when you walk in and you see all the guys doing bicep curls in front of the mirror. Yeah. In the tank top. Who doesn't love to see their own biceps, <laughs> am I right? But then also like a video, like take a video mm -hmm. of yourself and then that can just provide you with some visual feedback of like, oh, I thought I was moving here, but I'm actually moving here, right? So that can be helpful. Then the last thing to help with physical awareness is play. Oh. Play around. Oh, you know? yeah. And I mean that in, you know, all different kinds of ways, but I think it's one of the easiest and of course most fun ways to become more connected with your body. So that can be an organized sport, you know, ballet. I'm, I'm doing jujitsu, you're doing basketball, ballet. It can be something organized like that, or it can be something really informal. Mm -hmm. Take a football outside and go throw it around. I don't know. You'll notice maybe your shoulders might feel a little something. Yeah. Throwing you know, something around. It can be anything. Just any any form of play, I think, is, is uh, good. Trying to play around with getting a handstand. Trying ah. to, you know, do a somersault in the grass. Like Ooh, that's dangerous, though. A somersault? Is that like... That's not like a flip. Are you thinking a flip? A summer... Oh, wait, maybe I'm thinking cartwheel. Cartwheel. I think you're thinking cartwheel. I was What's gonna say, a somersault? I, that could be... For, depends. Do you want front or back somersault? That's the one I think... I think somersault's when you're on your... When you... Like, you... Well, you flip back and you hand plant. Yeah. And then you kick the legs That's over. not a back handspring? Well, then maybe... I don't even know anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cartwheels, though. Cartwheels cart are safe. Do cartwheels. Cartwheels are a little safer than yeah. the other ones. Or you um, can do a no-handed cartwheel. That's like some breakdancing stuff. Isn't I've, it? I've been so close. Ooh, that's pretty cool. No handicap. We should play around with this stuff. Oh, yeah. So, you talked about the, well, that's straying away from the physical side. Let's talk a little bit more about the nervous side. I know you talked about, or we talked about, I should say, kind of going with the ebbs and flow of being on the sympathetic, parasympathetic roller coaster. Yeah. How, do you, how does one improve upon that? Yeah, so I think it's just as simple as creating times of intensity, but make sure to counter it. I think people are probably fine doing that, that part of it, but make sure to counter it with times of relaxation. That can be meditation, just calming yourself. You can practice things like putting your phone away for a period of time, trying to read more or something like that that's just going to bring you into that parasympathetic state. Breathing, like doing some meditative breathing or diaphragmatic breathing mm. or soft tissue work sometimes you know can really help you go into that parasympathetic state then there are many ways that you can that you can also do that in terms of introducing intensity so with my training you know i i have intensity in sport that i practice with jujitsu so i do that three times a week but like if i wasn't doing that 
I usually would do one or two very intense training sessions. Mm -hmm. And when I say intense, like, you know, relatively brief, but like a type of session that, that makes me almost want to quit it. Ah. But only doing that like once or twice a week, yes. twice tops, like once, twice tops. Cause if you fall into that trap too much, which I have, then you just end up frying, frying your nervous system. Put your body in potentials and vulnerability. Yeah. And then when your nervous system is fried, you're just more likely to get injured. You know, you might start having sleep problems and that's kind of what can lead to what some people will call overtraining. Ah, which is not fun to deal with because <laughs> no, there's a whole, whole set of problems that comes Ugh. along with that. But you can also do that with an activity, right? So like that's true. I mentioned jujitsu. I mean, basketball can be the same thing. Yeah. Basketball, like you, like you said, when you first start playing it, super intense, super right? intense, you at know, the beginning. so, um, any of those kind of sports or activities I think are great for providing that stimuli to yourself. But that again is where body awareness is crucial. So if I start upping my jujitsu volume, I need to be attentive to how that impacts me. We've talked about this a little bit outside yeah. of this podcast. This is actually where I wanted to ask you about is that, but keep going, keep going. So just like if those four days of jujitsu are consisting of a lot of sparring and it's just very high intensity and just a lot on the nervous system, because also with that sport, of course, like there are times where you're getting choked out or something like that, which also probably for your brain is like very alarming. Mm -hmm. So it can just be a lot of, of sympathetic nervous system action happening. And so, you know, you need to be attentive to if that is too much. Yeah. Right. And the other thing I want to add on, or ask a question about that is like, how has that also affected your long-term training in there in terms of outside of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so because of that, that's basically acting as a replacement for any really high-intensity training that I'm doing. And so, yeah, I'm countering that with, on days that I don't do jiu-jitsu, and even days that I do, I will do some form of breath work and, and light, like, mobility work and core stability work and that's and that's essentially it but i'm not i'm not trying to go into the gym now and you know max deadlift or max squat or it's just because i did i did try to do that early on and i very quickly realized that it was just too much mm -hmm. and that my body and and my nervous system too potentially was just not going to be able to handle that long term yeah. What would you, to finalize here, what would be maybe three points that you could give to the audience when it comes to being aware? So I would say try more and just be more aware. Well, yeah, try to be more aware. That's the first thing. It's easy to go into the gym and just kind of coast, but really try to refrain from doing that. That's number one. Number two would be to... Again, add variety. I think adding variety is key. So, and a lot of people would label this as making yourself a generalist, right? That means being good at a lot of different things. We really have no need to specialize as an average person to pursue like getting really good at one thing maybe isn't 
the most worthwhile thing to do mm -hmm. unless again you're wanting to just get that thing or if it's sport right? specific or if it's sport specific yeah. yeah if you're someone that competes a little bit in powerlifting then you know obviously focus on that but outside of that if you're just trying to be like healthy and just be a good functioning human variety is the key to that i think so play around with juggling play around with trying to get a handstand yeah. explore a new sport whether it be you know a martial art or ballet like you mentioned just like do stuff that's new and your body will get good at doing stuff that's new and uh, number three number three is going to be don't forget about the nervous system yeah. right the nervous system is crucial and like i mentioned in previous episodes it's constantly adapting so that's why it's important to take care of it right so i know we're all busy but really really try to find time to bring yourself down into parasympathetic into a parasympathetic state so like for me you know we're really busy throughout the week coaching trying to do this stuff trying to do other things i really make it a point after saturday classes are over to just like chill out shut off shut off spend time with my family because that's something i love to do so you know go outside with them go on walks you know i'll do maybe a little bit of like recovery training but that's it and then as far as work stuff it's pretty much shut off unless like a little bit of stuff on sunday but it's yeah so really focus on creating that time to keep your nervous system healthy and our final point avoid that bullshit avoid the bullshit Thank you again for listening to the P13 podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This podcast was produced by Project 13 Gyms and a special thanks to Studio Pod Media for providing the studio space and additional production. So absolutely. You can find us on social media on Instagram at Project 13 Gyms. You can find myself at Kemifan, that is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. That's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.